The views expressed in the podcast you are about to listen to are the opinions of the presenter and the cast. None of us are official representatives of the companies we work for, and we are in no way responsible for what we say. If you are offended or otherwise afflicted by these opinions, please push the unsubscribe button in iTunes and go do something else. This is the Animation Conversation Weekly Podcast for October 15th, 2009. My name is Martin Overly. And my name is Alan Dahlsaxo. And we will be guiding you through the show. <laughs> Yet again on XCP there will be cool animation news and we get to interview animator Jens Gullixen who's worked on, among others, Corpse Bride, Max and & Co and the fantastic Mr. Fox. And we haven't forgot about this week's movie review. Uh, it's uh, Ghibli's Princess Mononoke from 1997. But first, here's this week's animation conversation news. So, uh, one of the links that we've put up on the news this week, it's... Um, his name escapes me right now, but there's a website by um, this... Disney animator? Um, Do you think his name might be uh, Will Finn? That is his name, which actually says willfinn.blogspot.com. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for saving me there. Um, but it's a kind of an art- interesting article, if you will, about um, uh, partly clouded and the chance of raining meatballs. Uh, something. It's called something like that. Do you know which movie I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. The, the meatball food raining one. But he has some interesting uh, observations and, and stories about uh, how the movie came to be and the, the, the visual directions and some of the process behind actually getting the film up and running. And uh, <laughs> uh, there's a kind of an interesting uh, remark or, or a uh, paragraph in, in this uh, uh, in his blog, which uh, he says, <laughs> sometimes you, you have to just stop and... Uh, wonder what these um, producers are thinking about. Uh, I'll just really quickly quote, uh, read this quote. Because um, <laughs> um, it it's kind of, it's a really uh, a zany, uh, uh, extreme uh, visual style to the movie uh, compared to a lot of other 3D movies out there. And, um, okay, so, so here's, here's the quote. Way? Well, it's, it's more... Um, uh, Cartoonish, the designs, I guess. Um, hmm. <laughs> check this out. This is the quote from the article. Um, it is amazing how often I've heard this uniquely ubiquitous executive Zen cone. Well, this is such a cartoony idea. We have to make it look realistic so that the cartooniness will be believable. <laughs> and, you know, that's just the beginning. And, you know, it just makes your head start to, brain start to shake. Door. Yeah, it's just insane. <laughs> yeah. So it's an interesting article. It's well worth a read. Check it out. Check out the show notes. Great. Uh, I just wanted to give a quick tip this week about uh, Radio Lab's newest um, podcast. Um, you can find it at uh, uh, wnyc.org. Um, and you know about Radio Lab. They do a weekly. No, it's not a weekly at all, actually. It's. Um, it's not like, a, it's- it's not even actually like a set. Uh, they do time seasons. Period. They do seasons of shows, and they, I think, they play them on the podcast before it's broadcasted on on the radio, and cool. it's broadcasted all around the states. So if you live in the states, you can probably catch it on on the radio. But we have to listen to the podcast, which is even better, if you ask me. But anyway, I love the podcasts. Yeah, they, it's it's probably my favorite podcast of all time. The Radio Lab podcast, really great stuff. And they I talk, that. yeah, and they <laughs> talk about and yeah, and it's of course second to this podcast. Oh, good, good point. <laughs> but they uh, they talk about a lot of science things, and uh, that doesn't sound like it's related to animation. But this week they talk about blinking, uh, 
and that's really interesting stuff because they talk about the why you blink because I thought you blinked be- when your when your um, eyes got uh, get dry you know that's what you learn when you're well, a kid that's probably one reason for but blinking it's it's sort of a reason but it's not it's not the reason it's uh, uh, oh, intriguing neur- neuroscience shows that it's uh, something completely different so you should listen to that podcast and uh, probably and hopefully get some answers the link is in the show notes <laughs> All right, um, these are just really, I'm just going to mention a few few things in this segment. It's, um, there's an excellent Peter Deset interview out on uh, at the Ustream.tv. Um, who, who's this? If you haven't, don't know who Peter Deset is, um, he's, uh, he's a, probably well, most known for his character designs. He's worked on uh, uh, every, uh, just let me mention a few movies he's worked on. Okay. The Hunchback of Notre Dame, Mulan, Tarzan, Monsters, Inc., Treasure Planet, Finding Nemo, Ratatouille, and the Ice Age movies, just to mention a few. Doesn't ring so, a bell. Doesn't ring a bell? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, he's got some really interesting things to say. It's well worth uh, checking out. And also, if you haven't or don't know who he is, you should check out his sketchbooks, which you, you can buy online. Uh, another thing that's worth mentioning is the, the No One Workshop has uh, started doing a subscription where you can pay something along the lines of $25 a month and you have access to all their tutorials and then, and training online. Uh, it's available for streaming. Mm. And uh, I know a lot of people are interested in this, so uh, I just thought it would be well worth a mention. Yeah, I, I learned a lot of stuff from the Nomen Workshop. They, they did some great videos and they were some of the first people to make... Uh, uh, Maya videos. I think I learned most of the, my, my Maya um, um, stuff from uh, the Norman guys. Uh, it's really great stuff. But then the cool thing is you have access to all the tutorials. You, it's not like yeah. when you order the DVD and you have to wait for weeks and it's instant access to um, CG uh, Yeah. The, the problem with those DVDs uh, has always been that they're quite expensive. Uh, and when you live in uh, in Norway, you get the tax, the income. Not the, what was it called? Yeah, uh, it did, it, it's taxed the like crazy. Tax. Yeah, so it turns out to be a lot of money for one DVD. So um, this is a great opportunity for everyone around the globe that doesn't want to have to uh, wait for DVDs for a month to arrive in the mail. I, I don't know if you can pay per pay month. Premium. I think maybe. Sorry, I, I don't know if you can pay per per month, but um, the total I think it's four ninety nine for mm. for a year. Sorry, but it's still okay. it's not that expensive when you when you think about what's what's available. It isn't. It's uh you can get a full education from uh, the Norman Workshop, and I do they do know they do um, actual workshops there. They have a school yes. you can you can go there and it, and it's uh, expensive, but it's it's a great school I presume. I don't know. I don't know if you have access to the workshops, but uh, you might. So it's worth checking out the check out the the, the information about it. It's, it yep. seems like a good offer. The links are in the show notes, as always. And we're not being paid to say this, by the way, just to make that clear. <laughs> Absolutely, we we could get. We paid. wish we were paid. Yeah, <laughs> we are open to any suggestions <laughs> like that. Yeah. Um, we should talk about this uh, week's uh, major trailer w- event. Um, don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Haven't seen it. Yeah, I, I don't know if you saw this little movie a few years back called Toy Story. Nah. So, so this is kind of a. <laughs> it's not a sequel. It's a. Uh, it's a. Threequel. <laughs> it's know a new what, word. Yeah, I just invented a new word. That's great. Um, it, you saw this, right? The trailer, of course. Of course, you did. Lots of times. Yeah. Did you uh, Did you enjoy it? No. No. No, I thought it was really funny, especially <laughs> uh, for those of you who haven't seen it. Close your ears or uh, yeah. Spanish Spanish Spoiler. buzz. Hilarious. Trailer spoor- spoilers. Yeah, Spanish buzz. Hilarious. Yeah, that was the most f- the funniest moment in the yeah. trailer. And the kid putting the toys up his nose. That's yeah. always funny. Yeah. So it's more of the same, and I'm perfectly okay with that. Because uh, the the first and the second one was was great movies. So, do you cool. think the the second Toy Story is better than the first? Mm, 
Yeah, yeah, I think so. So this could be interesting. It's probably not as good as the second one. <laughs> <laughs> I, still, I still think that the opening of the, the second Toy Story is one of the. It's it's perfect. It's it's. Well, uh, what's the what's the opening again? It's a uh, Buzz Lightyear uh, uh, infiltrating this. Um, what's it? Zorg. Zorg's fortress. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then they battle and. Uh, yeah, the commercial. Buzz gets killed. It's yeah. uh, great stuff. Oh, the memories. Yeah, the, and also another thing I really liked about the trailer is the VHS opening of the <laughs> the, the brand new uh, Disney logo. Or the I think that's really funny. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's this week's uh, news, I guess. Uh, we have a we have an, a great interview this week with uh, Jens Gunnlaugsson. He he is uh, working in Oslo now on uh, Elias, I think. Is that right? That's, that's true. Yeah, the movie. So uh, fortunately, through uh, Will um, Ashurst, I was about to say Will Smith. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's where, that's we, next week. Yeah, we got to talk to him, and we were supposed to talk for him for about ten minutes, but we ended up. Uh, doing like uh, one and a half hour right yeah it's pretty close to one and a half hours so yeah. we, we split it in two 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 parts yeah and uh, two parts. today you'll uh, hear the first part next week you'll hear hmm the second see. part the <laughs> second part yeah so uh there we go shoot you know i was never really good at drawing or sculpting or anything really but i yeah, I know it's kind of silly. Okay. Everybody with a <laughs> uh, with a background in animation knew at least how to draw, perhaps. But I was really not an artist at all. And, um, so, what kind of things were you into? I mean, doing your spare time. Uh, well, at I was that time? I was into juggling, and it was kind of uh, movement that fascinated me. That I. Um, that I saw in uh, in these films, uh, like these these people are making clay move, and drawings I couldn't really really relate to because I didn't know how to draw these things that people were drawing at all. So I just thought when I saw claymation that this is this is something that I might be able to get into. So I did a few films when I was uh, when I was thirteen and. Uh, Lots of really silly things with Lego, and I tried out some clay. And Did you have a story, or, or was it more just testing? Well, it was. I think today I'd see it as test. Um, there was there was no story at all. It was just movement. Um, so I kind of did that for uh, for about a year or so, and then I just put it on the shelf and forgot about it for for several years till till I had to decide what to do with my life. Uh, and then I remembered that um, I did some animation years ago. Maybe I'll try that out. So I went to I went to this um, college fair. Uh, and found an English college that had animation. And I thought, I'd, I'd, I'll go to England and try this out, because uh, England has a you know, tradition with claymation, especially with Artman. And I was, during that time also, of course, I saw Wallace and Gromit and thought, this is just amazing and creature comforts. So I thought, okay, I'll go to England. That's probably where I'll be able to get work as well. So I went to Farnham, uh, the Surrey Institute of Art and Design. Uh, I was there for three years and moved to London um, and started looking for work. Um, and after college... Uh, so okay. what, what time period was this? Was it middle, um, late 90s? No, I finished college in 2003. Um, and uh, I started... Yeah, then I started looking for looking for work, and you know, stop motion isn't isn't big 
I'm guessing that was kind of a bad time to, to start looking for work in stop motion when everything, everyone wanted something to be on a computer. Yeah, absolutely. And it was, I found a handful of companies that had done stop motion and occasionally did, but it was mostly commercials. So I kind of wandered around London with my with my college showreel. That was that was pretty awful. Um, and I spoke to a few people, and they said, "Yeah, you know, come back in a few years and uh, keep us updated on what you're doing." And I thought, well, if, you know, if I don't get work anywhere, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get any better. I'm not gonna get anywhere. So I spent a year just working in bars and restaurants in London uh, until I was uh, really lucky and got a, a job as a runner in uh, on the Koala Brothers. That was uh, that was also in, in London. Um, so I was a runner there for uh, a few months. And I realized that this is actually the only place I, I could get work in London, uh, in a studio that did exactly what I was looking for. So you know, I spent there uh, helping out people, just uh, making, making puppets and puppet maintenance, um, which, I mean, for me, puppet maintenance was painting high blinks. Uh, mostly and buying materials uh, for them. Um, but after uh, yeah, after a few months, I I kind of asked one of the directors if if I could maybe have a go at animating, and he said, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, it was kind of suspicious about me, I think. Uh, you know, coming from nowhere, just a runner asking to do some animation. Um, but they gave me uh, they gave me a puppet and uh, a scene from the film, and said, "Okay, you know, here's just spend the day and fool around." And so I did this scene, and uh, the director said, oh, "That's that's not too bad." And so I got they offered me a position as a trainee animator, uh, which was just amazing. Really enjoyed it, and thought it was. Uh, just so cool to finally be able to do some to do some stop motion. I thought I really thought it would never happen. Um, so that was that was really cool, and that was in uh, what was that? 2004, early 2004. Um, and one of the really good things about the Koala Brothers is that it's a it's a really high quality series. It's got great great little stories, and the animation is, uh, I think, some of the best that is done for, for kids' TV. So I got really good training there. And, well, after a few months as a, uh, as a trainee there, a lot of the animators, they went on to, to work on Tim Burton's Corpse Bride, who was also being made in London at the time. And one of the animators uh, that went from the Koala Brothers, he said... Well, and trying trying to apply for for a job on the Corpse Bride, uh, and I just thought, okay, I've got three months of experience now on the Koala Brothers. It's a, it's good, but it's a TV series. Um, but I thought, well, what have I got to lose, really? Um, so I sent in my application, and uh, I got a phone call, and they said, you want to you want to come in and have a chat. I thought, okay, well, <laughs> sure, I'll go and have a chat, see uh, see how it goes, and um, uh, it kind of the chat turned out to be a three-day audition, which was really really scary. You know, they got these amazing puppets that that they had made for the film, and they put me in a little unit with a camera and some lights, and said, uh, just do some stuff. Yeah. Did you get like a, a voice track or anything that would go by? No, no, it was more uh, kind of just a movement test. They said, um, uh, take this character and make him walk. Okay. Um, and so I made him walk, and then there was uh, there was a test where they said you have to uh, you have to make him sit down on a box. So it's really kind of basic basic stuff. And I was going for a position as a as a an assistant animator. 
so I was, I was really nervous. Those, I mean, it was three days, and you're stuck in this little box on your own, thinking, "What the hell am I doing here? You know, I'm, I'm not good enough for this." And um, I just thought, well, you know, stop thinking about it. Just, just animate. And I thought it, I thought it went really bad, and uh, I was really disappointed with what I'd done. Uh, I just kind of went home at the end of the day, and that was um, that was uh, Christmas 2004. Um, and during the holidays, they they phoned me up and said, "Okay, do you want to you want to come and work for us?" Um, you were like, "Yeah, it depends on how much you guys are going to pay." Almost was because I was, you know, I was, I was actually in real financial trouble at the time. Also, I thought, okay, well, I, I don't actually know. And I just thought, you know, after I hung up, I hadn't said yes to the job. I thought, what am I doing here? I just said no to the Crooks Pride. And I kind of had a few days to think about it, but then the director called me up uh, a few days later and said, "Hi, oh, yeah, and so I heard you, uh, you haven't uh, you haven't said yes to the position." And I went, "Yeah, you know, I'm kind of looking for a steady job." And he went, "Look, I've been in your position. I know how hard it is to get into this industry, and this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity." And I thought, "Okay." <laughs> I'll take it. So, um, how was the work process? Were you working under some? I mean, someone was. I guess someone was supervising you. Yeah, we had a uh, we had a, a supervisor who kind of made sure that we uh, we stuck within the uh, you know the style of the of the production. And, but I mean, the beginning for me was mostly just testing puppets because they came out of the. Out to the uh, the puppet workshop, uh, and they needed people to see if they moved okay and if they were, uh, you know, if there was something wrong with them before they went to the animator. Um, so I spent a few months just, you know, stuck in the unit doing doing move tests and making sure everything was as it was supposed to be, and then. Uh, you know, spoke to the puppet department saying that yeah this one's good this one's not so good and you have to tighten some joints and you know maybe just change things and also you know just having started as an assistant animator I thought what can I say can I really go to go to the puppet people and say you have to change something I just the first time that went up I said wow this puppet's amazing I love it and you know it might not have been a Perfect for the animator, but for me, who just started, I thought everything was amazing there. So that, what was the transition? I mean, uh, working with the puppets you had in the TV series as opposed to the ones on, on, on this movie. I mean, because it's a pretty big budget movie. Yeah, the um, the puppets were. Well, the thing is, I didn't have that much uh, experience with with proper puppets. Um, what what I knew was the from the Koala Brothers, and those puppets were also really well made. It's the same. It's the same company that McKinnon and Saunders that made puppets for Koala Brothers and for Corpse Bride. So I kind of thought that there was a lot of similarities uh, there, and I couldn't really tell the difference uh, until I started working um, with the more advanced characters, um, like I had. I had my hands on on Victor a few times, and you know the the head mechanics and, and these puppets were just extraordinary. It's you know you open up the heads, it looks like a you know a, a Swiss watch of some kind. It was it was amazing. So they were you know they were made to a really really high standard, and they what you could what you could do with them. I mean, you've seen the film. Some of the some of the facial expressions are. It almost looks like CG because of the silicon on over the mechanics. Yeah, it's it so works. Fluid at times. Yeah, it, it, it works so well. And uh, so, the, most of the time, I was doing um, I was doing smaller characters and kind of background animation. So I didn't really work with the most uh, with the most advanced puppets that much. 
Um, Just on a side note, do you think it's, um, I mean, because a lot of the, the, the movement are so fluid, and as you said, the, the facial animation is it's, uh, so uh, detailed, and you, you mentioned that it's, it's almost to the point where it looks like CG animation. Um, I mean, have, what are your thoughts on having to do the actual movie in CG as opposed to doing it? I know it's a kind of a blasphemy thing to mention to puppet animators, but um, yeah, you can't say that. Because I mean, um, it's at that point where some of it, it almost—it's also the same. Um, Coraline, some of it, it looks—I mean, not, not everything, but at times you're like, you almost feel, it feels like you're looking at CG animation. Yeah. Well, is that the, something you think one should distance oneself from when doing puppet animation to keep or? doesn't really matter that much. For, for me, I don't really... Um, well, the thing is, after when Corpse Bride came out, a lot of people told me after, well, after they'd seen the trailer, they, they kind of went, that's that's CG. And I said, no, it's, it's stop motion. It's all stop motion. Um, and, you know, people wouldn't believe me. Yeah. And when it comes that close together, you know, quality-wise and how it looks on screen... Um, I don't really think it it matters at all, really. And a lot, a lot of people are saying that, uh, you know, what's the point of doing that smooth animation in stop motion? When it's stop motion, people want to see the want to see the dirtiness of uh, of, of the puppets. And I think it's it all depends on the style that you want to that you want to make it on. I guess that the general audience don't really care how I many still the, the yeah. animators and the punch makers are always like, oh, it looks like CG. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I, I think you should you should strive to do the best animation you can. And also, you have to just follow what the you know what the director wants. If he wants this type of animation, you you, should, you can't really go to him and say, why don't you do this CG? It's uh, I don't know. It's it just kind of seems wrong, and it's fun to do. It's fun to do something really smooth. It's it's fun to do some jerky animation as well. It's, yeah, you just have to. Yeah, I mean, you learn from all the different styles you work in, and uh, if that's what they want, then that's what you give them. Just before we move along, I was, this is another question. Um, is now on the show you're working on now? You're working on three D on a computer. Yeah. Uh, what what do you think are the main if there are any main differences as opposed to working on a computer as in comparison to working with the actual models and, and animation style wise things you can do in stop motion you can't do in a computer and the other way around. Um, None. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's. Uh, I find there's a lot of differences. Yeah. Um, I mean, animation is animation. Yeah, it's, the basics are the same. Yeah. I found, uh, because of my background in stop motion, I had a... And I've still got a real hard time with figuring things out in, in 3D, in CG. Um, the, the hardest thing for me is... You know, just the technology. It's there's so much you have to you have to know. Um, I started out just learning the basics, you know, translates and rotates and and these things, and I figured out well, you can actually you can actually do animation just with that, and that's all you use really. Yeah, what I've got issues with is the timeline. Because I'm, I'm used to working from a dope sheet on, on paper, where you got printed out um, all the all the frames, yeah. and you can make notes on uh, on the dope sheet, and you always see how much a second is. Uh, and if you want to plan a movement in stop motion, you know how long something takes. You've got it there visually. You can see all the frames. On Admire, the timeline keeps changing. You know, sometimes you have you can have ten frames on the whole timeline. Other times you got a hundred. And for me to to visually see uh, how fast or how slow something is supposed to to move is really difficult because that those frames differ in size all the time. Um, 
in stop motion you move you work linearly so it's you know you, you go from one frame to the next and then keep going that way doing layers in, in Maya is is a very very different thing yeah. um, and also that you you never quite get a uh, you know a true feedback on on the animation when you when you want to play it back uh, you have to you have to do a play blast and wait for that and uh, and then watch it and then go in and change something that's in the middle of your shot whilst in stop motion you can't go back and change something so you also have this um, you're focusing on one frame at a time whilst on Maya you're focusing on the entire movement or the entire scene and I'm kind of I work easier in frame by frame rather than you can basically do that on the computer also I mean set keys and everything pose it next frame absolutely yeah but then but then when you want to refine things you got one million and one key frames in in the shot and I I did give it a go and I thought well there, there must be an easier way around this so I'm kind of, you know, constantly learning the the CG stuff, and it's, um, you know, talking to a lot of people how they do it, how do they, how do they see things uh, when they're when they're working, and I find that also with CG that people discuss a lot more their their animation than what we do in in stop motion. But I guess it's kind of because. You get one go to do your shot. You do all the planning and discussing beforehand, and then once you start, I mean, basically there's no going back. You have to, you have to stick to the plan. And yeah, well, we do we do blocking and rehearsals on okay. uh, in stop motion as well. So it's that way. It's very similar. You, you just kind of do ten frames at a time on uh, on stop motion, and you follow your dope sheets and take notes on where the character is at the certain points and where to start lifting your arm and where to turn your head um, and then the director sees this and approves it or wants to change something then you do a rehearsal and you do it all over uh, blocking, yeah well you've already blocked it yeah. uh, but then when you do the rehearsal you have to go back to frame one and you start over and you follow the dope sheets on um, uh, follow the notes that you've been you've been given and um, but then you do it, you know, slightly more refined. So then you might do it on fours or on twos. So you got a rehearsal that's, you know, very close to final animation, and then you discuss that again. It takes time, you know. So when I when I first started with 3D um, a, a year and a half ago, uh, I, I sat down at the computer and uh, we got got to limit the sequence uh, that I was working on and that was that was new to me that I was I was animating a whole whole sequence and that they gave you a whole sequence uh, you know and however many weeks to do it in um, can I come back when you finished yeah exactly and I just thought okay well fair enough I'll, I'll you know I'll go shot by shot and uh, see how it goes um, and I said so do you have a dope sheet and they went, uh, what? <laughs> and I kind of realized that, okay, they, this is a completely different way of working. You have your, your sound file on the computer and no dope sheet. So I thought, okay, maybe I should, uh, maybe I should just make my own dope sheet because, uh, you know, you take the sound file onto Final Cut Pro or something and print it out and make notes on the on your own dope sheet but then looking at the sequence you know it's three or four minutes long and how long is it going to take to do to do your own dope sheet for that with several characters so I thought okay I'll just I'll you know watch the others and see how, how they do it um, so I kind of yeah tried it out and thought, okay, you know, it, it works, it's, uh, it's okay, but it's um, it's just a different way of, of working. So, um, 
you know, the, the thing is, I didn't make notes anymore on on anything really. I had a notepad where I did roughed out some notes and uh, did some thumbnails on on what was happening. Um, and just had to do like you do in CG is uh, you you go back and change things. You do a really rough block. You go back and change the middle position, and and you just what I found really hard with that was that you had too much freedom. Uh, it didn't really matter that much what you started out doing because you could go back and change. And I wasn't really, I wasn't at all used to working like that. Uh, and I'm still kind of, I don't know why. I think it's maybe because I'm a little, I, I kind of enjoy it. The planning, uh, the, the, the planning, yeah. Right? yeah. But I feel that you're not really given the time to to plan. You just have to start. You just have to go ahead and start. But that, I mean, that kind of depends on the size of the projects, I guess. We're, we're given the budgets and the, the times. And, uh, and my, my theory is, I mean, even if, if, if there's, you don't really have time to plan. I think one still should spend as much time as one can to plan out the shots, even yeah. though it sometimes feels like oh, they'll probably be happy with whatever I give them. But still, you know, usually, I, mean, I, I just know from my own work. Well, usually the shots that I plan usually tend to look better than uh, even if I just spend ten minutes or just do something more. Absolutely, absolutely. Away from the computer for five minutes. Yeah, and and that's what I, you know, what I realize I have to. I mean, you have to, you have to keep working that way. Um, otherwise, the quality of work that you're doing just isn't going to be very good. And also, uh, researching the shots I find, often find are some of the most fun things you get to do because. Just trying out different things and getting other people to help you out and talking about the shots. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think the project, the project that I'm working on uh, now is, you know, you get a lot of feedback from uh, from the director and the, and the supervisor. Uh, we do talk a lot about a lot about the shot. And I, you know, the, the blocking is the most important part of uh, of the animation. So I do spend a lot of time doing very little, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, do just get out the really the roughest pose that you can and make it as as simple as possible. Um, and I found that that kind of works for me as a way of a way of planning um, and after I've, I've done that and had a look look through it that's actually when I started to, to really take notes and, uh, and do thumbnails and to see what okay what what isn't working here and kind of almost take a little break off the animation just to just to do your thumbnails so I have some friends who can't draw and they're always like yeah uh, if, if I could sketch, I'd sketch, but it's quicker for me to pose it on the computer and to see if it works or if it reads. And, yeah. And plus, you, you, then you've already done, you've already started your shot. So yeah. No, well, that's the amazing thing about uh, about thumbnails is that you don't have to know how to draw because uh, I I still can't draw and I I wish I could because. Looking at some people's planning for shots is, you know, it's works of art in themselves. But you don't, you don't need that. You just need some really simple directional drawings, really, and a happy or sad face. Uh, and then you do the, you, know, you do the more advanced stuff. Yeah. It comes later. So. Um, it's funny because a lot of the times people you tell people, oh, you work in animation, you must be good at drawing. And you're like, nah, not really. I can't draw to save my life. <laughs> but how, uh, how detailed and how, how strict were they when working on Corpse Bride, on, on the shots? Like, how much, how in-depth did they describe the different sequences? Did you get uh, uh, video footage for the actors? Um, they didn't really do that much uh, video reference on, on Corpse. Uh, it was it was very very collaborative. Uh, you came in with a director and you started 
discussing things. I mean, you had a look at the shot the, on the storyboards before you went and spoke to the director. And you just you kind of went up there and had a chat with him, and uh, you reject to that point. It's sometimes, um, but I mean, I was uh, I didn't really get any advanced shots on on that film. Um, but well, for example, I did a um, uh, I did a shot in the skeleton dance uh, sequence, um, and. I had only done, you know, puppet testing really before uh, before that, and I said, "Can I can I try one of the skeletons there? They look really cool." <laughs> and they gave me a they gave me a, just a music track, and so I kind of went and uh, went into the unit and started animating it. Just a silly dance, just for just for fun, really. Did they give you any guidelines on no river dance or ballet or no nothing? So I kind of went okay. I'll try to do something funny with a with a skeleton. See see what works. And um, Mike had a look at it and he liked it. And he said, "Well, try and do something like that in in the shot." Um, and then uh, we started uh, we started blocking and kind of realized that okay, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. What you did there is it's cool, but it's not really going to work. So. The shot turned out to be completely different, something entirely different from what any of us had, uh, had thought. And so it's kind of something that evolves. You talk about it. They they've thought a lot about it through the um, with the storyboarding, and um, but then once you start with the animation, you see that some things work fantastically well, other things not that great. So. You kind of have to figure things out as you as you go along. Um, by the time you're finished with your rehearsal, then uh, I mean everything is is nailed because then you've, you've practically done the whole animation already. What are some of the? What was it like working with some of these? I mean, the animation level in Course Fight is insane, and some of the animators there are above and I mean ridiculously talented. Uh, who are some of the people that you work closely with, and, and what are some of the things you feel uh, you learn from from those guys? Um, it's a lot, I guess. I mean, to our um, <laughs> well, you kind of as starting out uh, my my career and um, stop motion and coming on to a film like that, I didn't really know. Uh, Many, well, many people at all, and didn't really know the names, uh, the names in the industry either. Um, so I came, you know, and saw the first days I was there. I had a look. Through, they showed me the animation that's been done, and you know, my jaw dropped. <laughs> and it was, it was just stunning work. Um, what I what you ended up doing was just looking you know through the shots that they had done uh, frame by frame uh, and going how the hell did they do this and because, because it is straightforward animation you know that it's all in their heads before before diving into it um, so the, the thing is you just kind of you look at each other's animation and have a go up well for me I was just you know, newbie uh, walking up to great, great people saying, hi, uh, I love your animation. <laughs> and you kind of, you don't know where to start asking questions, even. Um, and so I had to look at a lot of the animation and just kind of thought, okay, I have to figure this out because I don't know what what to ask. How do you do that? How, how do you do what? And you can't... You know, so it was it was a lot of just watching, and you can't really watch people as they work in stop motion or in any, you know, in any animation because it's quite annoying with a guy hanging over your shoulder. So I never got to to see how they how they worked. It was all a mystery behind black curtains. And when they you know when they come out of their curtains they they've done a masterpiece. Um, 
so it was just yeah just kind of spending time with uh, with people is what you what you learn from I, I feel uh, what are so after Corpse Bride what did you do next um I did a little bit of flash animation because um, there wasn't any other stop motion around and I thought God, you know uh, to pay the bills yeah um, and I was I was quite rubbish at that because I can't draw um, so I gave up on it and thought well what do I do now stop motion is it's all I I know I I can't start to learn how to draw now um, but you know so I, I spent another few months uh, just doing flashes of some really really simple stuff um, until I got contacted by a studio in Norway uh, Pravda who were doing some commercials um, so I had three months of, of that here um, then they were doing a film in Switzerland uh, called Maxenko. Yes, looks amazing. And yeah, it's, it's that was a really great project to work on. Um, the puppets were amazing. They were also McKinnon and Saunders, and pretty much made over the same, you know, the same designs almost. Well, the, the mechanics of them as uh, the Corpse Bride puppets. Um, how do you say it was different working on a, on a European collaboration project like uh, like that project as opposed to a Coach Pride? Um, it's or was it more or less the same? It was it was very it was very similar really. Um, it's people, the the people making this uh, Maxenko they didn't have as much experience with uh, with doing. Feature stop. Well, who has experience with feature stop motion? It's it's not right often. It yeah, um, it was uh, it was kind of more touch and go. It felt like because they had uh, anticipated that it would take uh, a lot shorter time to make the film than uh, that it did. When we came on to the project, everybody was saying, "Look, you, you can't make this film on time. It's impossible." And the the producers and the directors they were saying yeah yeah sure we can and you know in the end we were I think only two or three months over over time which isn't which isn't that bad. Um, so you were in desperate need of vacation then or uh, absolutely and I mean the studio was was growing constantly during that time and towards the end it was more than twice the size of uh, like physically of what it had started out and because they realized okay to get this thing finished we just have to keep, keep building and we were in a we were in a a warehouse uh, that was it was a Tetra Pak warehouse and Tetra Pak was moving their, their business somewhere else uh, so they were emptying the, the warehouse for paper, and as they were yeah, as they were emptying out, we grew. So we just kind of took over the space. Yeah, and uh, you know because of that, we ended up I think with almost well, we started out as I think around uh, fifteen animators maybe, but towards the end we were close to thirty just to get this thing finished. And everybody was just working so hard, and it, it got crazy. Uh, it really did. But you know, the final product looks looks great. It's gorgeous, amazing. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the uh, things that they did on Maxenko that we didn't do as much on on Corpse was a lot of uh, reference videos. Um, they they wanted it really you know natural animation so there we were doing reference for every single shot we did and it was you know they gave us time to do it so I think also that's one of the things that make it look so so strange in a way you know, it's these animals you know 
like humans. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's not like we're rotoscoping it, no. but you really get the nuances of, of movement. Yeah, I mean, it's just great for picking up those minute details that you never think of, and you can easily see them on the Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that was that was kind of really interesting to see what you what you've been missing in all the animation that you've been doing yeah. previously. You might test, you know, video reference and movements of some kind just to see how it works. But when you act out a whole scene and look at it, you go, wow. Yeah. Here's something that Where that come from? Yeah. It's always funny when you when you try to sit down and, and just like short sketches of a sequence like all this. So this week's uh, classic movie review is uh, Ghibli's uh, Princess Mononoke, uh, also uh, uh, known as Mononoke Hime or uh, Mononoke Hime uh, <laughs> from <laughs> from 1997. Uh, it was directed by uh, Hayao mm. Miyazaki, <laughs> as, you, <laughs> as you may know. And uh, here's the trailer. From master animator Miyazaki, one of the most influential filmmakers of all time, comes a groundbreaking motion picture event. In a time when gods walk the earth, an epic battle rages between the encroaching civilization of man and the gods of the forest. When the forest has been cleared and the wolves wiped out, this place will be the richest land in the world. It's a war which threatens to unbalance the forces of nature. It will be a battle the humans will never forget. Now, the fate of the world rests on the courage of one fearless princess. I'm not afraid to die, and I would do anything to get the humans out of here. And one brave warrior. You fight like a demon, boy. Like something possessed. What exactly are you here for? To see with eyes unclouded by hate. Now watch closely, everyone. I'm going to show you how to kill a god. your fate however you can rise to meet it if you choose featuring the voices of Gillian Anderson Billy Crudup Claire Danes Minnie Driver Jada Pinkett Smith and Billy Bob Thornton Princess Mononoke Sorry. Um, so it's basically about um, this uh, teen boy. I don't know how old he is exactly, and his name is Ashi Ashitaka. Ashitaka. Um, he what is the Ashitaka. He, uh, he saves his. <laughs> sorry. <clears throat> We're okay. gonna get so many hate mails. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, but ja- Japanese is really bad. Um, so uh, he saves his village from a possessed gore. A gore. <laughs> Gore, a wild gore bore. Um, you know your typical gore bore, and um, <laughs> and in the process he gets infected by this uh, virus that's possessed the uh, gore bore. And, or a curse, uh, a curse, right? Yeah, yeah, curse virus. And uh, he has to find his way. Um, he has to go to this place to the east to uh, to find a cure. Otherwise, he'll he'll die. And on his way, he ends up in the middle, in between a battle between the animal inhabitants of the forest and the iron mining town that is exploiting and killing the forest. And he, yeah, and he kind of has to make his way between the two. And uh, it's it makes for a pretty interesting movie, Alan. It does, doesn't it? So th- this is uh, this is mainly about nature against humans and. Uh, the the relationship between the humans and the um, and the gods, which uh, pretty are typical for a Miyazaki movie. Yeah, you could say that, but it's uh, it's quite different from uh, the previous movies we've seen, like uh, Porcoroso or uh, what was the other one we saw? Oh, uh, don't put p- 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 Ponyo. 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 Uh, 
but this thing is uh, full of uh, really great uh, uh, animation of animals and it's <laughs> and <laughs> humans which are uh, semi manga style but um, uh, yeah uh, and it, it's um, it's a real eye, eye pleaser especially for animators because this is really fully animated in every possible way and all the backgrounds are really great uh, greatly animated and the special effects are really beautiful and stuff like that what do you think uh, to sum it up really shortly there's not one thing to dislike about this movie it's no. it's epic in every possible way just to sum it up it's um, yeah uh, I love the scale of the movie the, the, even the even the, the length of the movie is pretty epic it's over two hours long uh, I just adore the the universe and the, the characters it's the story set in uh, a nice art, uh, environmental message. Um, yeah, the designs are spectacular. The, the monsters and the gods and the animals. Uh, it's the and, end is really and, and spectacular. The oh, it's insane! And the backgrounds are just so detailed and gorgeous. It's it's mouth watering. Uh, it's yeah. It's it's more or less a perfect to me. It's a perfect movie. And yeah, it's, for me too. And for me, this was this is uh, I, my main problem is uh, figuring out if it, this is my number one or two, because it's really hard to. Uh, I already know which one. This it's is really be. hard to compare this to uh, Up, because it's a totally different movie, and this is this has so many amazing moments, and it's 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 kind of in another level, but at the, but but it's so different, so it's really hard to compare for me. Yeah, yes and no. <laughs> uh, I mean, sometimes just movies really just speak to you. And, and um, yeah, uh, it's, 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 there's, the action is great. The, the, the fight sequences are amazing. The, the characters yeah, ju- just are really the, the imagery in, in all, uh, you have all these interesting angles and, and the vistas are just, you know, uh, you could stare at them for ages. Yeah. It's, it's 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 a very one-sided review. This, but uh, it's, it's yeah. not without its reasons. Um, that's the problem with a movie that's that just that perfect. <laughs> I just love those creatures in the forest. You remember those? The, the, yes. The, uh, I don't know what they're called, Which but one? they were the, their heads rotate when they get nervous <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of they're kind of freaky. Yeah, yeah. and the, the attention to details in this movie is just uh, beyond it. And it's in every scene. It's not just like a few shots where it's really yeah. lush and, and detailed it's every single shot throughout the movie yeah and you have you have little things happening in the background and even when you see fight scenes in the background uh, like far really far from the camera uh, there is uh, a lot of great detail put into the fights and everything is just well thought thought out I think yeah I'd actually like to know the budget budget of this movie it's, it must have been it looks, looks really expensive uh, yeah yeah so uh, I don't know if <laughs> there's not really much to say. I mean, it could go on for ages, but uh, it's scary I and just be bragging uh, romantic and, bragging. and great and epic. Epic is a great word yes, for it. Yes, epic is yeah. It's yeah. Huge. I, I'm I'm just gonna say just for the uh, you know the the um, the artistry in this movie, artistry. The, the there's so much skills that went into this movie. And that puts it uh, above up for me. So this is my number one. <laughs> yeah, it's my number one too. I mean, it's um, it's by far my favorite movie that I've seen in this in these re- among these reviews. And it's actually one upon re- seeing it again. It's it makes it's me even better. My, it makes me, yeah, and it makes me consider my actual favorite animated movie of all time. It might actually be be the one. Yeah, I'll have, yeah. I'll have to re-see my other other favorite movie and have a. Make a new comparison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's just insanely great this movie, and uh, I think yeah, probably Miyazaki's masterpiece. I don't know I if any so. movie com- can compare to this. Uh, any of his recent movies, or uh, he does a lot of great movies, and he, he, we've seen a bunch of great movies by him. But this is this has got to be his best movie. I don't know if it's just because because I, I like fantasy movies. I mean, it's not. Like, you know, Lord of the Rings and, and those kind of movies, and, and this is just a fresh take on it, and um, yeah. it's just so ridiculously well done. <laughs> it is <laughs> in, in every aspect. You, yeah. you just, you, yeah. 
yeah, so next week, what's up for next? Is yeah, yeah, what's up for next week? Next week we are going to see uh, Disney's Bolt. Uh, you haven't seen this, right? No, I'm actually kind of looking forward to it because I thought it was going to be a shit movie, and I've heard it's some got some pretty decent reviews, and and some of the yeah. clips that they've shown online are super funny. The guinea pig in the ball, yeah, funny. I, I'm not gonna <laughs> say anything. I've already seen it. I I didn't. Uh, I, saw, I, saw, <laughs> I saw it a couple of months months ago, and yeah, that's all I want. Yeah, don't say, say too much. Don't spoil yeah. the review for next week. So the only thing left is to round up this week's ACP. And don't forget, we'll be back next week with more news and animation-related stuff. And as always, you can follow us on Twitter. That's twiwitter.com slash ACP News. And please leave, us a voice, please leave us a voicemail on Skype. And don't forget our username, Animation Conversation. And uh, just let me... Uh, I was going to ask you. Voice. Oh, sorry. My bad. <laughs> Have we gotten a, a voicemail uh, yet, Morton? I, 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 I didn't get to check before the podcast, <laughs> but uh, I would, I'm pretty sure we haven't. I did check, and uh, <laughs> nothing. Did get... Ah, uh, bummer. Maybe next week. <laughs> Maybe next week. <laughs> Remember to visit our swag shop. Uh, that's where you'll find your ACP ties, boots, and uh, stickers. If you feel we're doing a good job and you want to support us, you can do that by pushing the donate button on our site. Um, we are still looking for wannabe uh, animation journalists around the glo- globe, as we are. Uh, so if you want to help us out and do some interviews, you know how to get in touch with us. I actually do kind of like our frosted uh, ATP mug <laughs> at the swag shop. Yeah. Any- yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, you can uh, email us at feedback at animationconversation.com. And that is also where you send us tips, feedback, and whatever you know comes into your mind. Uh, please read the show notes where we put all the links related to this show. And our web address is, as always, www.animationconversation.com. That's it for this week's Animation Conversation Weekly Podcast. Until next time, have fun and animate. Yahoo!